The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, one, of our, one of our best plays that we have, to be honest. We run it quite often, and, you know, we got a lot of code words. Um... You know, so I'm sure over the course of our, our games, especially when there's no noise, you'll hear quite a few, whether it's, you know, athletes or celebrities or whatever, you know, condiments. Like, we, we got a lot of stuff in our game plan that we can call and um, makes it fun for the guys. Do you have one for me? Um, I said athletes and famous people. <laughs> Josh Allen, Bill's quarterback on the LeBron James audible that caught LeBron James' attention when it happened on Sunday morning, the Bills' loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Thursday morning already. It's PFT Live on Peacock Series XM85, Sky Sports NFL podcast, wherever, however, whenever you get them. Week six is upon us. We'll be talking about tonight's game, which is not among the most thrilling. Oh, wait, shocker. Ding, ding, ding. Who had a Thursday crap on the game session quote from Florio to start the show. I mean, what do you wait want? What do you want? It's the Super Bowl champs. They're playing on a Thursday night. It's a good game. Wait, wait. What are you talking about? Just wait. Just wait a second. Wait a second. I'm not making it up. It's the Broncos. They haven't beaten the Chiefs since the year they were That's the Super great. Bowl champs. They're a fun watch every week. The it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. You'll be right. watching. All right. Yeah. Are you getting a check from Amazon that I'm not aware of? No. I mean, no. are you getting a check it's from not being a, a compelling Debbie Downer that I'm not sure of that you every week no. you're just well, going to come on and crap on the Thursday game? It, <laughs> oh, oh gosh, uh, Washington's well going to kill Chicago. Years, not much of a game. Chicago killed Washington. You don't know what's going to happen. Shut up. You don't know. Just watch. Oh, so you're going to pick the Broncos? Are you going to pick the Broncos? No, I'm not, but Broncos, I'm going to watch because it could happen. You never know. We know the Chiefs are the ultimate. Hey, Take listen. the foot off the gas pedal. Let the game be yeah. interesting. It's going to be good. I'm not going to stand for your negativity this morning. I'm not. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, somebody somebody was smoking on the way to the office today. I, I wouldn't be Listen. doing this. I was smoking. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <What>? right. <laughs> Listen, we got to. Oh, I know. I've been around you enough times when you've been baked to know that you are very compliant. <laughs> when you're baked, you don't care. You're not going to push back on anything. I mean, you, you, you will ditch Captain Planet. When you're under the influence, ah, oh, yeah, you want carbon emissions? Yeah, that's fine. Whatever you want, man. You're funny. So, it is a uh, thing in my house, actually, though. <laughs> my wife and my kids, if they really want something, they they do have a little thing of wait, wait till, till dad, dad smokes and then, then ask them. <laughs> I've been around you enough times when you've been smoking to know that there is a completely different version of Christopher David Sims that emerges when he's had a puff or two, he's happy, he's loose, and yep. there's no stress. Yeah, and there's there's no My alter ego on anything. <laughs> yes, yeah, no doubt. No, I'm we just giving you a hard time. Thing. I mean, don't don't take it personally. I know that's fine. I'm that's fine. Fun. Hey, right. listen, anything other than extreme kidney stone pain is a win. You can give me all the hard time you want as long as I don't feel like I'm about to die. I'll take it, but. And, and may, hey, hey, maybe maybe the idea is crap on the game and we get a good game out of it. Let's crap on the game. We crapped on it last week and we got a good game out of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, with a standalone game, there's a chance you're going to get a good game. And you're right. The Chiefs are not a juggernaut that's going to go out there and win 53 to 10. Watch the final score tonight. With yeah, right, to right. 10. That's how it'll work. They, they, they do. They, they play with their food. They I think do. that's the best way to that's put it. That's a great it. way the to Chiefs say it. play with their food. They do. Exactly. Like even last week, right? It's 27-13. I think they had the ball once or two, once or two times, uh, one or two times there, like to increase that lead. They kind of take the foot off the gas pedal, and then all of a sudden the Vikings go down and score, and yeah, just just a little bit the way they play. They are a, they're like a basketball team or whatever. It's it's about runs, right? The game was thirteen ten last week. All of a sudden you turn around, and you go, whoa, they're winning twenty seven thirteen. They just do it like that. That's what's always fun about the Chiefs. Uh, and of course, it's it's the greatest quarterback in all the land, so that's always fun to watch. But what I want wait, what I want to hit on did they throw did did Josh Allen throw a touchdown on LeBron James? Was was that a touchdown play? Do you know that for sure? I thought it was a touchdown, uh, Pete, but maybe I'm Pete, wrong. Do you know Pete? Yeah, all Pete's right. gonna take a look. All right. Do do you did you have any screwy audibles when you were doing all that razor to jet right fifty two thirty five whatever John Gruden John Gruden I mean did you like did you did you use John Gruden John Gruden as a check No we didn't but we did we had some good ones you know we we we, we always incorporated little sayings or famous names or things like that right so I, I you know I've told you some of that before but you know we had like. Uh, we had a play called, you know, 96 or 97 Seattle. And, you know, that could be Kirk Cobain or something related to that. Even Sean Alexander at the time, because he was such a good player. I think we were like, Sean Alexander, L.A., right? And L.A., because it's on the left of the map, you knew it was, we're running left, right? And if you said, a, you know, an East Coast city, it meant right, that play. So there was code words like that. We had J-Lo. We had a bubble screen to the receivers. And J-Lo's booty was pretty famous during that time. Sorry, kids out there, right? So it was a bubble screen, so we would call it J-Lo. And, you know, our signal was this right here. But, you know, guys remember stuff like that, <laughs> that you know. Uh, dummy snap count was another good one where, it'd bring, you know, we'd, those fake snap counts. And I'd walk up to the line of scrimmage and to remind people, 
I'd say Rocker. Remember John Rocker? And I think I've told you this before, but John Rocker, the outspoken. Yeah, I think I remember this now. Right, right. Yeah, dummy. Yeah, dummy. Dummy, exactly, a dummy. Who says that about, you know, a bunch of New Yorkers when you're getting on the train with them every day? You're a dummy, right? So that's, you know, people, I'd get done with games, and they go, why were you yelling Rocker all game? You know, that was their dummy snap count. It was uh, that or Mike Tyson at the time was our dummy snap count. So, those are things that are fun. You said that, not me. He's <laughs> going to punch you in the face, not me. I know, I know. I was Probably actually singing thinking in about the air that. tonight. Badly. <laughs> yeah. But but it uh, is about... Now, now, here's the thing. They make sense. Yes. They make sense, right. Chris. But right. how often do you have to change them? Because they're going to figure them out. Because they're fairly obvious. They're yes. going to figure them out. No, you got to have like, a is few... Is it very temporary? No, yeah. And you got to have a few different versions of it, too. Right? Where, you know, if, if, like I said... We had more. I can't even remember what else we had for like this 96 and 97 Seattle play. I told you we had Kurt Cobain, Sean Alexander. We might have even had another one, maybe Pearl Jam, something like that. I can't remember exactly, but had two or three versions of that in case you had to go back to it more than once or twice in a game, right? So every one. And then, yeah, you did have to change it up if you felt like, hey, that was a game last week that we used it like three or four times. They're going to hear it on the TV version this week. But that was also the fun of doing it, you know, getting up in front of the crew or walking around the receivers. Hey, what's a good signal for this this week? And you'd kind of talk about it, and then we'd go over it towards the end of the week and, you know, test everybody on the new signals and the new code words of the week. Uh, but usually a, a fun thing and something that, you know, helped to stick in the brain of, of, of all the guys on the offense. And the Bills did score a touchdown two plays after the LeBron. Oh, okay. James it was two audible. plays. And it's right. funny. I don't know if you saw my text earlier this week. I, I heard from a viewer who thought that the Raiders actually incorporated the Florio <laughs> yes. game into an audible the other night. I, I think that what the, the call was was Gold Gloria. I think so, too. But I know right. when I was watching the game, when you hear that three syllables that finish the way that my name does, it kind of makes you perk up a little bit. So I went back and found it and watched it. It's like, I think the call was gold glory so or whatever that right. means. Right. But, but at one point, Garoppolo's trying to spit it out quickly enough that it does sound like it. So, But it's not. It's not. It's gold gloria. So it means something. Whatever they did next, Patriots, if they say gold gloria, if Jimmy Garoppolo is indeed dumb enough to not change it, then be ready for gold Gloria. And maybe Garoppolo will be the dummy call this week for the New England Patriots. That would be a nice old <laughs> way to stick it to one of their former quarterbacks. All right, so tonight's game. You're doing your best to get a check from Jeff Bezos by hyping up a, an opportunity to watch the defending Super Bowl champions and yes. potential Super Bowl participants this year in a standalone game, regardless of who they're playing. Globetrotters, Washington Generals. Even when they were playing the Generals, people still watch the Globetrotters. And the Chiefs are the closest things right now to the NFL's version of the Globetrotters. So I'm with you on that. And there is a question as to whether or not we're going to see Mr. Pfizer tonight. He's got an ankle issue. Will he inject it with something so that he can play tonight? I think you just give him the night off. I think you don't push it because I think you can beat the Broncos without Travis Kelsey. You don't risk aggravation of the injury. You go forward with the guys you have. But he is questionable. He's the one big name that got injured on Sunday that came back and played. But it's that short week that I think gives you concern. He's been limited in practice, and he's officially questionable, which means it's roughly 50-50 that he's going to play. And since they're at home, we'll find out about 90 minutes before kickoff whether or not he's active. It takes us back to week one 
when we weren't sure whether or not we were going to see Kelsey when he had a bone bruise in his knee. It's already been five weeks ago. And we found out late afternoon that he wasn't going to play. We'll be watching and waiting all day for news on whether or not Travis Kelsey is going to be on the field. But, but again, it's one thing to not beat the Lions without Kelsey at home on a Thursday night. It's another thing to not beat the Broncos without Kelsey at home on a Thursday night. I, I still think the bar is going to be pretty high for the Broncos, even if Kelsey doesn't play, Chris. Well, I, I, I hear you there. I do. You know, but, but I do think you, know, the, you said it right about the, the Chiefs, right? And, and they are kind of must-see TV. And, and I'll say this. I think the Broncos kind of are on another level. It's a little bit more maybe on the dysfunction downside. But, yeah, I mean, come on. They're kind of going through some stuff on, on their own right now. We're still watching the Russell Wilson, Sean Payton experience, right? You know, there is some positives there. Sean, I mean, Russell Wilson, I mean, if I got this right, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's right now he's the fourth-rated quarterback in football. Not that I put all my stock into that. It's 11 touchdowns and two interceptions, right? It doesn't sound right when you put it all out there together like that. You just go, what? Uh, what? Really? He's doing that good? I think the, the thing is, is it's kind of been like inconsistent – there's, you know, some good drives with some spots of like, wait, now it's two, three and outs. And of course, I think the biggest thing for Russell Wilson is mistakes and big moments, not being clutch like we've seen Russell Wilson be for so much of his career. So that's kind of interesting, too. Right. You know, so that's where I, I like the matchup. And I feel like the Broncos are a little bit and Sean Payton, especially are a little bit like, man, things aren't going good. I opened my damn mouth before the year, you know, whether it was supposed to be on the record or not. And he's trying to save face and get something going here for the future of his organization and the job he, he took here. So that's where I think I have some intrigue you know, in the matchup. And, and like you said, the Kelsey injury throws a wrinkle into this. Uh, we know the Broncos defense ain't good, right, Mike? But damn, you know, the offense ain't that easy for the Chiefs this year. It's work if you really look at it. And if they don't have Kelsey, it, it's going to be more work. You know, no big plays to, to speak of. Um, so I think that's where I kind of look at the game to go. I could see the Broncos giving their best effort here and making this interesting for a while just because of all the things I you know, prior, you know, stated prior to that. While we're still talking about the Travis Kelsey injury, let's hear a little from quarterback Patrick Mahomes with his thoughts on the ankle sprain that could keep Kelsey out tonight. It's tough, man. That's a, that's a legendary type game. I mean, to be able to battle through that. I mean, obviously, I didn't see the injury live, so I didn't know how bad it was. Um, but I'm um, looking back on it now and seeing how the ankle rolled, and then being able to to come back out there and play at a high level and score a touchdown that we needed to win the game. Um, it speaks to not only the the talent that he has, but the toughness that he has, and that the reason that he's been out there week in and week out because he he'll battle through anything to go out there and play. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, you know, that's the bottom line. When he came back and played after this awkward moment where his foot kind of got caught in that U.S. Bank Stadium artificial turf, it it made you think maybe he's done for the day, maybe he's going to miss some time. He did come back, but short week, that's the key. And that's one of those injuries that we talk about all the time where when you roll out of bed the next day, it may feel a lot differently than it did when the adrenaline was flowing. And when you got it loose and taped it up and kept going, you can see the tape on that right foot. They spatted that right foot up so he could get through the game. You get that tape off, the inflammation sets in, you sleep on it, you wake up the next day, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I might have a problem here. And what they have to tell us in the injury report isn't all that extensive, so we really don't know how swollen it is. We don't know how he's walking around. We don't know what kind of limitations he has. They're going to keep that close to the vest because they can. It's one of the examples of the inside information that is very pervasive in the NFL. Somebody out there knows right now whether or not he's playing tonight. We'll find out at some point this afternoon whether or not Kelsey is playing tonight. So, you know, you're right. The offense without him, it really isn't all that impressive. Kadarius Toney, the guy that they were trying to yeah. to will into being the number one receiver in place of Tyree Kill. He's been targeted 19 times this year in five games. 19 times. He's caught 14. I assume the other five were drops. I mean, I just assume that, and it's not like we're taking a shot. I think at least four of them were drops in week one. Exactly. 83 total yards on 19 targets. Average per catch is only 5.9 yards for a guy that is regarded as a potential deep threat, a guy right. that could be their next Tyree Kill. Yep. It's just not happening the way that they had hoped. No, a year no. or so after the trade, it's really not happening. No, you're, you're spot on. And, and, and that, to me, is when you look at them and evaluate them and watch them on tape, is, is something that's missing from their football team. You know, we, we talked about it a little last year. But last year, you know, I think with, they, did, they had a McColl Hardman. They had a Juju Smith-Schuster who, of course, were – you know, guys have been around. McCole Hardman had some juice before he got injured late in the year and, you know, could could run and scare a defense, right? Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, a veteran guy, dependable, knows, you know, almost like a Kelsey, knows how to work coverage, work the underneath routes, got some size to him. So they're missing those guys, let alone we know last year was the first year without Tyreek. But this year seems like even more of a struggle. It does. And when you break it down, really, and look at them, like – yeah, you, you talk about Kadarius Toney. I mean, you know, the, the leading receiver on their team is a rookie in Rasheed Rice with 107, or 17 receptions and 173 yards, with, with Justin Watson being the leader in receiving yards with 219 yards, right? And that, that to me, is the thing that you know, we got to continue to watch with Kansas City. Right now, they're pretty reliant on the magic man back there. It, it's Patrick Mahomes. And now they got a good football team. We know that. It's different than what we've seen from the Chiefs in the past. It is a lot of longer drives. Big plays are not coming, coming about too often. 
They can run the ball, though. That's something we haven't seen. And their defense is legit. Like, there's no doubt. It's one of the better defenses in all of football. And they're kind of playing that way. And Mahomes has done a great job of taking care of the ball for the most part and kind of being surgical. Uh, but I will say, like, you know, I posed the question to you. Can they do this again? Can they go to the Super Bowl like this without another major, you know, playmaker on the offensive side of the ball if it stands, you know, status quo like it's been right now? That, that to me, is the big question about the Chiefs going forward here. It's going to be difficult. Somebody's going to have to step up, or they're going to have to get somebody else. And the trade deadline is coming up in two weeks and five days. Mecole Hardman is available. The Jets have regarded him as the odd man out, right? and they're reportedly looking to move him. I don't know if the Chiefs would bring him back, but he at least has familiarity with the team, with the coaching staff, with the offense, with the playbook. It's an easier plug-and-play to bring back Mecole Hardman. Then you start looking around. Who else is out there that you could maybe swing a trade for? Would Devontae Adams want out? In Las Vegas, if they lose the next three games, would the Raiders ever even consider trading him to the Chiefs? I think it would have to be a king's ransom for it to even begin to be a conversation. Mike Evans, is he going to be available in Tampa? The problem with the trade deadline is it's too early. Too early. And to even have the conversations now, three more games can change everything for a team. Definitely. You go 2-1, 1-2, 0-3, 3-0, or some combination – Throw in a tie. Who knows? We have a lot more data between now and the moment that the clock strikes 4 p.m. Eastern on Halloween and the window closes. So the Chiefs can look, but who are they going to find? Who is that guy that a team is willing to move? Who is that guy that they are comfortable plugging in? I mean, hell, they could have had Van Jefferson for what is the new ham sandwich trade in the NFL, a flip-flop of future sixth and seventh round picks. That's what the Falcons gave up, a 2025-6 to get Van Jefferson and a 2025-7. I mean, the Rams have, I don't want to go too far afield here, the Rams have, in the past couple of weeks, traded two second round picks from 2020 for a flip-flop of a seven and a six. That's become the new, let's just move this guy on. Well, the the Chiefs could have gotten in on that conversation if they wanted Van Jefferson. There may be other guys out there that we're thinking of, we're not thinking of, who knows. But I think Brett Veach should be very active, Chris. I agree. To your point. Yes. Looking for someone who could come in that they're confident could help between now and playoff time. That's right. We know they're going to get to the playoffs. Yes. They're likely going to win the division. Right. Who can they get up to speed by January to make a difference? Yeah, that, that's, that's the big thing. Like, I, I just don't know. You know, the way I look at it right now, and they're the Chiefs, and they're amazing. But, man, life's going to be hard if, you know, with some of these top teams in the AFC, if you think you're just going to go on 10 and 12 play drives for 75 yards, you know, late in December into the playoffs and and go to the Super Bowl that way. You know, I don't want to say it's not possible. Anything's possible with that guy at quarterback and Andy Reid calling plays and coaching like that. I know that. But, you know, that that would be – the, the way I describe their offense here through five weeks, hard. It's hard work. Every drive is, ooh, he grinded it out. Ooh, it was a lot of good throws. It was a good run by Pacheco. He made magic happen on third down two or three times on the drive. Uh, he's still the greatest third down quarterback in football. But, yeah, there's got to be something else there that, like, we talk about all the time. 
You know, it's Kelsey and Mahomes. It's Mahomes and Kelsey. What else in the pass game is there to scare you, to open up the field? Who can flip field position and, 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 and make it a four-play 80-yard drive instead of all the work all the time? That, to me, is the thing I look at right now that, that's an issue. And you're right, Kadarius Tony's supposed to be that guy. And maybe if they feel like he's turning a corner and getting close to that, maybe they, they'll, you know, stand – pat and 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 stay with what they got but I wouldn't trust that one he gets injured a lot two we've seen him not be really consistent at all throughout his career so that's where I I look at the Chiefs and worry about it and you're right I I don't know where they look for it Van Jefferson's a good player but they probably looked at it and go we got a lot of Van Jeffersons here we got guys like that we need somebody a little more special a little bit more of a difference maker that way and I would think that's something they're they're going to look for here over the next two or three weeks. The problem is guys like that typically aren't available. No, no. And what's that team, cheap, right? What's that team that's going to be on a fire sale? Like right now, the only team we look at right now that I feel like is in wait fire sale mode, maybe, and has the most potential, is the team they're playing tonight, Right. I think that's the thing a lot of people in football here that the Broncos could be that team that they lose tonight, they lose next week, they might go, hey, fire sale, we got to flip over the roster, Sean wants some guys in here that fit him, and then that, you know, maybe that's what happens. But they're the number one team I look at right now to go, wait, maybe you can get a receiver from that team. Well, and the Chiefs have 120 minutes minimum of an opportunity to, evaluate. to see the Broncos roster right. before the trade deadline. Because it goes Broncos at home, Chargers at home week seven after the mini-buy, and then week eight, two days before the trade deadline, the Chiefs go to Denver. So they have two games against the Broncos if there is any inclination by Sean Payton to potentially move some guys. And he said earlier this week, we're not looking to trade guys, but we'll answer the phone. And that's what you have to say to have maximum leverage. You can't say everything must go because then you get screwed in the trade compensation because they know you're too anxious to move guys. And let's flip it over to the Broncos. You talked earlier about this Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. We're five games in. Where does it really stand? There's a little flashes of, you know, some some blue steel being fired by Sean Payton at Russell Wilson during games. And, and Chris, I'm a firm believer. If this doesn't get better, Wilson's just not going to be there next year. Last year it was the coach's fault. This year it's the quarterback's fault. And they got $35 million in injury guarantees that become fully guaranteed in March. They're not going to sign up for that commitment if they don't think Russell Wilson still has it. And Sean Payton is the ultimate don't double down on your mistakes coach. He'll admit the mistake and move on, especially since it wasn't his mistake. He's not the one that brought in Russell Wilson. He's not the one that gave up the draft picks and gave up the money. It's somebody else's mistake. So we're not going to double down. We're going to move on. This isn't it. Now, there's still 12 more regular season games to come to that conclusion. But based on five games, I see where this is going. I see where this is heading. It's going to require some sort of a light going off for Russell Wilson, some sort of a dramatic bump in his performance, or Sean Payton is going to want to go find his own quarterback for next year. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I think it, I, I'm, I agree with you that it's, it's teetering on the edge, right? And there's still some evaluating to be done here, and I would think Sean Payton's not going to you know, pass judgment too quickly here on a guy that's going, hey, you know, second year in a row, he's got to learn a new system, right? It's not a great offensive line. So there's some things there that work against Russell Wilson. But he's also going to go, wait, we've left some plays and some yards on the field. 
right? I mean, I watch film with the Broncos, and I haven't watched every game on film, but I think I've watched three, and the three I've seen, I've gone, eh, yeah, there's been a little more there to be had than what Russell Wilson's taken advantage of. I think we've talked about it once or twice here on the show. And then I think the thing on top of that, you know, is what we're talking about too. Just in, in the biggest moments, Russell Wilson, other than a Hail Mary that almost brought them to overtime, right, which we know is kind of luck, uh, there, there's just there's not a lot of solid quality play down the the important t- time of the football game, and and that to me is what you pay forty five fifty million dollars for the quarterback now. That that's where the game can be stolen. You know when you have a great quarterback. Wow, we've been outplayed the whole game, right? But oh, we're only down four, and our quarterback can make magic at the end of the game to win it. Or we're up four, and we've kind of controlled it, and our quarterback's going to put the team away, and now we're up 11, and we're sitting pretty and doing that. And Russell Wilson hasn't capitalized on that. So let alone, we all, I think, question the personality match there as well and where that goes. So, yeah, I think we're still in the evaluation process, but I'm with you. I think it's very 50-50 as it stands right now. So far, this whole thing has been the ultimate be careful what you wish for kids experience for Russell Wilson. It has. How right. many years did we hear? He wants to be the guy. He wants to be the Mahomes. He wants to be the Josh Allen. He wants to be the guy through whom the offense runs. And I think all around, all along, they know who we mean. Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll kind of knew what was going to happen. And you've seen him sort of take a little bit of perverse glee in what's going on, and they've got their own good things happening in Seattle. They're not going to dwell in Schadenfreude or Schadenfreude or however you pronounce that name, which means taking delight in the misfortune of others. But I'm sure in Seattle they're still watching this and they're thinking, yeah, this guy wanted out, he wanted out, he wanted to go be a star, and he's fallen flat on his face, and we'll see if he can turn it around. Twelve games left in the 2023 regular season for him to make Sean Payton and the powers that be in Denver willing to have that $35 million fully vest when March rolls around. And we know it was that $40 million that was going to fully vest that caused the Raiders to pull the plug on Derek Carr. It caused the Colts to bench Matt Ryan a couple of times last year, and it was only $17 million that was due to become fully guaranteed. Those business decisions creep into football all the time. And it, it makes me wonder if Sean Payton comes to a conclusion before the end of the year. Is it Jared Stidham who once again, for the second straight year, finishes out the string because the quarterback in front of him, they want to keep him in bubble wrap so he doesn't get injured, so that money doesn't become fully guaranteed as a practical matter if he can't pass a physical by the date that it flips. That's something to be watching for if this doesn't get better for the Denver Broncos. But we get to see Russell Wilson tonight. We get to see Patrick Mahomes tonight. Not quite the sizzle we thought that that rivalry would have once he came to the AFC West, but we at least get to watch it. We get to study it. We get to come to our own conclusions about what will happen. We also get to come to one other important conclusion before we move on. Oh, I like this. What? I, I, well, I just am interested in whether or not the perception is going to continue that because the league is Swifties now, the Chiefs are getting the benefit of the jump balls, the, the calls that happen to go their way, the interference that was called on Sauce Gardner, 
the interference that wasn't called on Lajarius Sneed that was picked up. And I watched that whole sequence yesterday with Sneed interfering with Jordan Addison, and he did. He put his hands on him and physically restrained him from getting to the ball. It wasn't face guarding. It wasn't incidental contact. It wasn't standing there saying, I'm in your way. You have to get through me. He put his hands on him and kept him away from the ball. I watched the whole thing yesterday and then took his helmet off to go complain to the officials and didn't get flagged for that either. That all bolsters this idea that they're helping the league, that the league is helping the Chiefs win because the league wants this whole Taylor Swift phenomenon to carry the league to new heights, even though we haven't seen her uh, in a, what, a week and a half, and who knows if we see her tonight. But there's the helmet coming off for a confrontation with the officials. It should have been flagged. It should have been flagged. It wasn't flagged. Now, it would have just given the Chiefs the ball at their own 12 instead of their 24. And the Chiefs fans that are, you know, very sensitive about the perception that the league is helping them in some way, oh, that doesn't change the outcome of the game. Well, we don't know. That drive starts at the 12 instead of the 24. It changes everything. We don't know. We don't know what it changes. We'd have to go back to that point and play it with that very clear foul being called. I don't it know. It should have been called. We saw well, it called yeah. earlier in the day. Yeah, we saw, right. We, we saw it called earlier in the day when T.J. Watt did it. Removal of the helmet for a confrontation with the game officials. As we did, he took the helmet off, and he's going to go talk to the officials. That is flagged 100 out of 100 times. It's not a judgment call. It's not a matter of discretion. The way the rule is written, I talked about this on PFTPM yesterday, that should have been flagged. And again, perception, reality, who knows where the two meet. But this legend is growing. This sense is building that the Chiefs are getting the benefit of the jump balls because somebody up there wants the Chiefs and Taylor Swift to make it to the Super Bowl. I no, I I mean I hear you there. And and listen, the, the, you're right. The penalty should be called for the helmet off. The pass interference I think is, you know, I, I don't think it should have been called at all. I mean, that, that's what I would stand there and say, right? I I mean so, so I think that's sub- subjective, all right? You know, I don't know, play it again, he, Pete. He did the thing. He did the thing that the the play signal again, is. <laughs> he put his hands on him. And pushed. Oh, I mean, like hands are Sam. on guys every play. I mean, th- th- you know, I, and again, this is the I, thing where I, I'm going to argue with it. Ar- the, the, your Addison put his hands on Legarius Sneed first, so that's where. See, There's we, another angle. We, we, we have the other angle. Well, yeah, hopefully we do. Angle. But we've lost this. There's a better angle. And also, too, like you know, Addison puts his hands on him first. The ball's poorly thrown, right? And here's the other thing that we've How all. How dare you? We've all we've all like lost we've all lost like a little sight like that was the ball was not uncatch I mean not catchable nor did Addison make hey, a play to on. go get the ball right I mean the ball landed hang ten on, feet to his left right go ahead well there's another angle where the ball's in the air and he's got his hands on him and he's pushing him. you just have to trust me on that here's the thing though it, it just because his right hands are on him doesn't mean it's pi yeah. either it doesn't mean it you know he's pushing him. It's the I don't see signal. one push there. I can this. see everything. I don't see a push. You're not seeing the angle. You well, I can see the, the whole play. I don't need to see the angle. angle. I see Addison with his hands. It shows maybe the- he's pushing too, Mike. You know, right. we've gotten in this right. thing. No, Here's no, it. we got to get can this straight. Something? We've gotten in this world of like the defenders not allowed to be there anymore. Like I see moves. I see a slant and go, and a guy run over the DB, and they call pass interference on the DB, and they're like. You need to get out of the way so we can okay. go catch the ball. You're allowed to stand and be on the field. Like, we've, Wait. we're gone crazy here. Two points. Yeah. They called it on the Jets a week earlier. That was way worse. When it was kind of. It was way okay. worse. Okay. It was two right. hands, right. and he right. grabbed him and then got himself in front of the guy. I mean, okay. it's not even comparable. Okay. 
Okay. Second thing. Yes. The official right there who was looking right at it through the flag. What I would like to know yeah. is what happened from that point to when the referee tells the world there is no foul for interference. Doesn't say why. I know. You know Patrick Mahomes sure. was doing this, meaning the ball was tipped. The ball wasn't tipped. The ball was not tipped. So somebody decided that the person who was assigned to watch the action between Snead and Addison and it's an inherent judgment call. The person who was looking right at them, who exercised his judgment in a way that concluded there was interference, that got overridden by something. Thank God. I'd like to know what. Yes. Who, I, I know. But but regardless, regardless, you disagree with his judgment, but Chris, it's still a judgment call. He exercised his judgment to throw the flag. Well, good. Okay? And then he exercised his judgment to, to listen I, I to other people that go, but, hey, dude, they were playing patty cake over here. And the okay. ball, he didn't even make Here's a play to catch the Watch ball. Watch the other angle. Quiet and watch the other angle. Look at his hands. Look at his hands. He's pushing him. That's, He's pushing him and holding n- his jersey that's nothing. while the ball's in the air. That's nothing in this okay. today and age in the NFL. Let alone he didn't even try to make a play right. and the ball was 10 feet out of the screen. Right? I mean, that's what the referee's right. doing right there. He's going, wait, I don't even think it was catchable. Right? They didn't do this. This is where, no, but the, the, referee, the referee, I think he was doing that right there. On. But either way, hands-on like that, Mike, if that's it, we're never going to be able to play the game. That's not pass interference. Hey. That's patty cake. Okay. Right? Hang on. And, and nor is he even trying to play the ball. Here's my point. Yeah. I want to know whether or not the officials on the field came to that conclusion or somebody spoke to them from 345 Park Avenue to tell them to pick that up. Because, you know, we're always suspicious of that. When they get in the huddle, we know there's the pipeline. Did they get a little help there? Technically, they shouldn't. And I'm fine with it as long as they get it right. And I just think this whole thing, the entire pass interference reality falls into a bucket of subjectivity mm-hmm. it's a judgment call that's the problem so you have one official who saw it from one angle who threw the flag if 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 it's as simple as the one from the other angle came over and they had a conversation and they decided among them on the field their collective judgment their collective wisdom okay it's not pass interference that's fine if somebody was in their ear that's when it gets a little more interesting and it all ties back to this perception that the Chiefs are getting the benefit of some jump balls because somebody up there in the ivory tower wants to see this whole Taylor Swift thing carry the NFL. You know, the NFL finally, the NFL is usually the tiger that someone grabs by the tail. The NFL has the tiger by the tail now with the whole Swifty phenomenon. It's just my point to bring it all home. That's another reason to watch tonight. Let's see if anything happens that furthers the argument that somebody's trying to help the Chiefs. Will there be some big call that's made or not made in crunch time that helps the Chiefs and hurts the Broncos? We'll see. No, so, you're, you're so, listen here. Uh, the, the, all the more reason. It, it's a good conversation. I think what you're saying about the pass interference and the referees, it, it, it's legit, and I, I know what you're saying there. And I think the problem is is what we're talking about is like it's inconsistencies in crews. That that to me is the problem. You know, I watch one game and I go, damn, this game is the DBs are allowed on borderline manslaughter. And then I watch another game and I go, they can't even tickle the guy's ear on this game. And that's where you don't know what to expect. And I think that's what's a little misguided for the public out there is it is a little all over the place as far as that's concerned. 
some refs are like they let these guys be physical outside. Then, like I said, you watch another game and they you can't put a fingernail. I mean, literally, guys are running by and they're like barely touching them and they're throwing the flag, illegal contact, whatever. And I think that's the tough thing. And that's where I think the NFL needs to get them more on the same page and consistency in that department because it is subjective, like you said. The other thing, too, just to re- retort, is that the proper way to say that? On the... Yes. the well, the, the, the like it's close enough. Any team that goes to the Super Bowl three out of four years, and this has been going on. It's a tale as as old as time, as Beauty and the Beast said. Okay, uh, it, it, everybody complains about the team that wins always getting the calls. I heard it for eighteen years with the Patriots. Oh, they get every call. They get every call. Even before Taylor Swift, there was complaints that the Chiefs get every call, every call. Right? No. It's just they win the freaking games more times than not. They're just really good. And, you know, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's just it's kind of when I was growing up watching the Bulls in the 90s, oh, Michael Jordan gets every call. The league wants it. It's just the way it is when, when your team is dominant and wins and pulls out games, you know, on a consistent basis like they do all the time. The broader point is that angle gives us another reason to watch tonight. I mean, look. We have spent more than a half hour talking about a game that I was ready to call caca at the beginning of the segment. So maybe we both should get a direct deposit today from Jeff Bezos. Thank you. Look at this. Game. Look at, at you turning a leaf you here. You say, I'm going to watch baseball instead. I don't even know who's playing in the baseball postseason, but I'm going to watch baseball instead. I don't even know if there's a game tonight, but I'm going to watch baseball instead. We have converted Anyone that had doubts about the game, up to and including Al Michaels, possibly, to go all in and fully embrace the experience tonight in Kansas City of the Broncos against the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, there are other teams in the league, 30 of them to be exact, and four of them were on bye this week. And it's weird when the byes start. It's like the teams don't even exist anymore. The Browns do exist. And the last time we saw the Browns play, they stumbled at home against the Ravens after thumping the Titans 27-3. to And one of the problems was Deshaun Watson, who emerged from the Tennessee game with a shoulder injury and said all week he's going to play Sunday morning, ended up not playing after he threw or tried to throw and they decided to make him inactive. Dorian Thompson-Robinson got the start. It didn't go well. The Ravens won. The Browns lost. Let's set the table for what's currently happening yeah. with Deshaun Watson and the Browns. By playing some things said by Coach Kevin Stefanski and General Manager Andrew Barry in the aftermath of the Ravens game in which many expected Watson to play, but he ultimately did not. Have a listen. He was trying very hard to play. He was hopeful that he'd feel good today. He didn't. Uh, he, he knows his body. I trust him. Uh, he tried like crazy to get to make it. Um, it's not a pain tolerance thing. As everybody knows, he's, his history speaks for itself in terms of that. He just didn't feel like he could uh, operate at, at enough of a level to play for us today. Kevin, do you expect Deshaun to be back for the San Francisco game? I do. I think obviously having the bye helps. He said yesterday, pretty much it was his call. So he was medically cleared to play. If he would have said, I'm good, he would have played? Yeah. Yes. When we got out on Sunday... And when we took him through the, the pregame workout, it became obvious to all of us that he couldn't throw or drive the ball, you know, well enough to 
perform in the game. And if he can't push it, if he can't drive it, if he can't throw it down the field, which became very evident early in the workout, um, you know, it became a very easy decision for us not to put him out there. Now, Stefanski said even more. Stefanski is the one who disclosed that Watson had been medically cleared and Watson chose not to play, which contradicted what the team told me because here's what happened. I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit. I mentioned this yesterday either on PFT Live or on PFTPM. I really can't remember in all candor. But what was going on that day as the Ravens and the Browns were playing after the game ended, I heard from some people I trust that there were some Browns players that weren't all that happy with how this played out because all week long, Watson saying, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. And then on Sunday morning, he decides not to play. He decides not to play, not the team, but him. So that's when I started asking some questions and the team told me it was a collective decision. What Barry says matches that explanation, collective decision. But boy, the way Stefanski explains it, Chris, it sure doesn't sound like a collective decision. Now, he doesn't throw the guy under the bus, but he also doesn't make it look like a collective decision. It makes it look like Watson's decision that the team deferred to. So that's the, the context of kind of where we are now as the 49ers are coming to town, the Browns are coming out of their bye, and we don't know whether or not Watson's going to play this week. No, it, it's, an, it's an odd situation. And I think any time when you get the medically cleared thing, especially in football, for the most part, yeah, players play. So that's, I think, the first part of this that, you know, makes things odd for the football world, even the guys in the locker room, the coaches, all of that. So you think, oh, medically cleared, that means the doctors think he's okay and he can play. Now, it's a little different with, you know, an injury like this at a skill position where, yeah, okay, being medically cleared to play is one thing, but can I play at an effective level to be myself and be good enough to where I'm putting the team in a good position to do the things I need to do, right? That's a whole different ballgame. In 2004, I hurt my shoulder, hurt my throwing shoulder, playing the New Orleans Saints, got blindsided uh, by the, the late, great Will Smith, RIP to him. And, and I got hit, and I got back on the practice field, let's say four or five weeks later, I had a, a, a you know an, an, an AC joint separation there, and I was technically medically cleared to play and be the backup quarterback. But I can tell you that as I was medically cleared to play and was the backup, I was not a hundred percent, and certainly was on the sidelines a little like, ooh, I hope I hope Brad Johnson doesn't get hurt here because I don't know how good I'm going to be out there, right? And so there is that. And that's where, you know, for a a quarterback when it comes to throwing or even maybe a receiver when it comes to a knee or something like that where he might be, hey, medically he's cleared to play. But, yeah, that means, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy as far as walking around normal life stuff. Am I healthy enough and functioning enough that I can be the 100% great athlete that I am or even close to that that I am, 90%, whatever that is? And I think that's where it gets a little weird and unfortunate uh, for Watson and the Browns in this situation. And your explanation is perfectly reasonable. Yeah, it's theirs. Right? That's not, right? It becomes, it becomes yeah. glaring when the head coach 
intentionally or not, creates the impression that this was all him, not us. You know, all he had to say is, I was out there watching him throw. He couldn't throw. Why do you have to say he was medically cleared? Why does that even come up? Why is that gratuitously offered? Don't even mention that. I, I agree. Like, yeah, just, just say, we as a team decided that he wasn't ready. He wanted to go. He tried to go. He believed he could go. But we made a decision in the best, best interest of the team and Deshaun Watson that he should not play today. That's all you have to say. The way Stefanski said it, and look, I love Kevin Stefanski, but the way he said it sends a message that resonated with me because I'm getting texts yeah. the afternoon of that game saying, hey, there's guys in the locker room who are pissed off because Watson said he's playing, and maybe Dorian Thompson-Robinson, even though he was ready, wasn't yeah. really ready because he's hearing Watson say, I'm playing. Yeah. And then I, I Watson doesn't real. play, and yeah. some guys are pissed off about it. I think that's That's probably, what caught my attention I, yeah. for all of this. And that's what makes Stefanski, who knows that locker room far better than I ever will, that's what makes his comments more intriguing. Because is he giving a little nod to the guys in the locker room that are saying, what the hell happened on Sunday? Yeah. Why didn't Watson play? Yeah. Hey, listen, coaches get bitter, too. Uh, We've known that. We've seen that. You know, you, you, I mean, listen, John Gruden was getting bitter towards me because I wasn't where he wanted me to be after I lost my spleen and almost died. He started, hey, like they're and saying. And when you were in Italy on well, your honeymoon. <laughs> well, he said he started to go, hey, I mean, the doctors say you're okay. Why isn't your fastball the same and all that? And I'm going, I don't know, but, you know, shit ain't the same. I don't feel right. I'm just telling you. <laughs> you know, so that's where, that's where you know, it, it is tough. And then the quarterback position, like you said, and how that's set up, and it's the Ravens week, and we don't want to start a rookie quarterback, and he's kind of been telling us he's going to play our team. Team's mind's been there. We don't want to trust a rookie quarterback against the Baltimore Ravens. Wait, we're paying you more than anybody on the football team. I think all of that, you know, goes into it. And I bet you Stefanski was a little bit like caught off guard too. I, I'm sure, you know, as the week played out, he was kind of thinking he'll he'll be okay to play on Sunday. He'll he'll be able to make it. And you know, again, he's a person too to where he can get a little, you know. Uh, angry or frustrated with the whole thing as well there. And and I think maybe that's where it comes from. But you're right. That comment certainly put it a little more light on the situation. And what I, what I think stinks too is just that, you know, here we are. It seemed like he was just getting over the hump to where we were going, hey, he looks like Deshaun Watson kind of again in the Tennessee Titan game. And now we're here going to be maybe with three weeks off from football again, and that's concerning for the Browns and Deshaun Watson as you go forward. That's the thing is that, that bothers me more than anything. Had that rough Monday night game that I attended in Pittsburgh where he did not look anything remotely close no. to number four for the Houston Texans. And then that Sunday, six days later, short week, got it together and had a great game. And Mark Cooper told me afterward, He's looking like the guy that wore number four for the Texans now. And it was his best game as a Brown. And there was a shoulder injury suffered that we didn't know about. The week goes on. We start hearing about it, limited in practice, yada, yada, yada. The Stefanski comments, though, it's all flowing from how he chose to frame his words about Watson. So that was then. This is now, or at least close to now. Here's Maybe he saw the, how they treated uh, a quarterback before him who had a banged-up shoulder who played and then didn't play at his best, and then they held it against him. 
Maybe he did that. I'm oh. just throwing fuel in the fire there, but I'm well, just throwing it out that, there. <laughs> some, but but and here's the bottom line: if they fail this year, Watson's not the one who's getting fired. He's got a fully guaranteed contract that covers three more years. Stefanski's right. the one who's going to take the fall, just like it was Hackett last year, not Wilson in Denver that took the fall when Wilson failed in his first year with the Denver Broncos. Here's Stefanski from this week on the fact that here we are, more than two weeks removed from the injury, Deshaun Watson's still not practicing. What is he working on if it's medically sound? Yeah, I, I think the, the piece there that's important uh, is medically cleared versus functionally able to do your job. And I think uh, that's what, with all of our guys, when you're working through an injury, uh, you need to be able to functionally perform. Uh, and that's what Deshaun's working very hard uh, in his rehab to be able to get back to 100%. And after the Baltimore game, you said you, you expected him to be ready for San Francisco. Has something changed uh, since then with the injury? Yeah, I think with injuries, Jake, as, as you can imagine, you just have to treat each one uh, specifically. You have to be able to do your job, and you have to be able to fun you know, function and, and be able to do all the things that are asked of you to play your position. So that's really what it is, making sure that he continues to rehab and, and get to a place where he's able to do his job at a high level. And look, as Stefanski said a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, whatever the timeline spills out to almost two weeks ago, it isn't an issue of pain tolerance. Deshaun Watson is a tough SOB. No I doubt. Mean that in a positive no way. No doubt. He had the, the lung injury, as you pointed out, took a bus to and from Jacksonville, Houston to Jacksonville, so he could play because he had the bruised lung and he couldn't fly. Rib injury, sitting on a bus bouncing the whole way back and forth to Jacksonville, feeling that little twinge of pain every time that the bus hit an imperfection in the roadway. He played with a torn ACL at Clemson. He knew he had a torn ACL, and he played with it at Clemson. So, so again, you got to wonder what he's thinking about all this. And this is a guy who fell out of love quickly with the Houston Texans a couple of years ago. You got to wonder what Watson regards as the perception, the reality, the conversation about him, where maybe he thinks he's being thrown under that bus that he took from Houston to Jacksonville to once play with a bruised lung. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. You know, I, I think he's, you know, it'd be fair to him to, to question, like, you know, why did we got to say the medically cleared part and all that and then throw those comments out there to add more pressure, you know, on the situation, put spotlight on me, make people question me. That that is fair. Now Stefanski's saying all the right things ever since that, ever since then, right? I mean, he he's saying all the things that are that are right there too, and defending his football player. Um, but yeah, it's an odd situation, and it's it's odd, you know, you know, for for a lot of different reasons that we've already stated. But the the other thing is just that they're a damn good they're a fo- they're a good football team. I mean, their D is legit. Their offense, we've seen moments of their potential. You know, with Nick Chubb or without Nick Chubb, they're still a good running football team. And like we saw, we saw Watson looking his best as a Brown, and you start start to think, damn, Cleveland might be something, a real powerhouse this year. Uh, but, you know, we'll see where this goes. But certainly odd. And like you said, I'm not going to question Deshaun Watson's toughness. Uh, th- that's one thing I'm not. You can question some things about him, sure, whatever. But, damn, I saw the guy carry a Texans team and get the crap beat out of him to the extent, like we've always joked around, every play was the last play of the Super Bowl because he was trying so hard to carry the team and banged up and everything there. So that's that's one area that I will not question uh, Deshaun Watson and 
his will to fight through pain and playing a game. I'm looking back at my texts and my calls. Yeah. The first call came 5.04 p.m. Sunday of week four after that Ravens-Browns game, the day after you gave me COVID and the virus was rapidly replicating within my body. I got the call, and, and at 5.04 p.m. on Sundays, I'm busy trying to get people on the phone and get our crap together for Football Night in America, and I told the guy, I'm a little busy right now. It's important. Call me back. So that's what that was about. There's some... There were some questions, there was some angst, there was some acrimony in the locker room because Watson said all week I'm going to play, and then he didn't. I just wonder how much of that's trickled back to him, and I can't help but wonder how much of what's going on now could be a reaction to that. Like, hey, assholes, you, th- you think I, I chose not to play? Like, I'm not going to play until this shoulder's ready. I'm not going to go above and beyond if I got these people in the locker room that are talking behind my back about the fact that I didn't play when I wasn't able to play, and I got a head coach who is intentionally or accidentally throwing me under the bus and making it look like, I'm not as tough as I need to be. I'm not as willing to go out and earn my money as I should be. So that's the subtext of all this. And we don't know what Watson thinks about it because I haven't seen that he's been available to the media or that he's spoken. I think Thursday is when he usually has his press conference. So today could get a little interesting depending upon how probing the questions are from the reporters who are in position to say, hey, Deshaun, what do you think of the perception that your coach called you out? for not playing when you were medically cleared to play. What did you think about him phrasing it that way, especially when the GM phrased it a very different way? So today could get interesting. Keep an eye out for the developments. We'll have them all covered. Hey, do you think you could, um, you know, you hooked me up with a cool Jets sweatshirt. I like both of those Stefanski hoodies there, the brand that he's rocking there. You know anybody in Cleveland? You can get me some more sweatshirts there. I'd, I'd rock that big time. First of all, I'm only good for one a year. And second of all, if I would get one for you, I'd have to get one for Miles Simmons. I'd have to get one for my niece. I'd have to get one for my niece's boyfriend because they're rabid Browns fans. So you're you're fourth on the list Damn. for Browns swag. That well, I, I asked first, Sorry. though. Look at that one. That one's cool, too. I mean, damn. I mean, you're Mike Florio. You could get multiple. They'll do it for you. I mean, the Eagles are sending you liquor and everything like that. I'm sure the Browns will send you some sweatshirts. I mean, you're a man of the team. Oh, the teams, I should say. I've got the Eagles Kelly Green jersey, the Jalen Hurts Kelly Green jersey. I got the Vikings Bud Grant throwback uh, jersey that isn't quite as special now since they lost that game against the Buccaneers, but I digress. They but, sent you but, all yeah, those? That's just is, ridiculous. That's, uh, do, I, do, do they not watch you talk about the Vikings and they sent you something? I mean, geez. <laughs> I think they realize that they're just trying to, they're trying to like get me back on track. They're trying to it butter you work. up a little it bit. Makes it worse. Don't tell them. <laughs> hey, you know, the other thing too, before we take our break, the, uh, like some of these really Nice sweatshirts we see, like Kevin Stefanski, not Kevin Stefanski, Kevin O'Connell, different Kevin, different team. Kevin O'Connell has some great hoodies he wears during games. You can't find them if you want to buy them. Make these things available. That's a well, that's, complaint Miles it will. last year. Yeah. There was a great brown sweatshirt. There was a great sweatshirt. There was a great hoodie that Stefanski was wearing. You couldn't find it. Why aren't you selling these things? Isn't that the idea? You make these coaches be mannequins for the products you're selling? Yeah. Sell the damn things. It is. People will buy them. It is odd that it didn't go on the market because usually, like, at least I've noticed that they, the coaches get the, the best, the head coach gets the best gear and gets the stuff that's rare. So, yeah, to your point, usually, you know, a head coach or whatever might get a hoodie and it doesn't go on sale for maybe another month or two. 
Uh, but you're saying here this one never went up for sale. And, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, the head coach has always got gear that the rest of the team does not. Uh, they kind of get, you know, the, they get the inside good stuff all the time. And I, I want them. So, like, uh, work your connections. Come on. Do something for me here. Jeez. I still long, I still long for the I gave you COVID. You give me sweatshirts. I yeah. give you COVID. You give me sweatshirts. That's how this works. Come on, man. <laughs> and I and and I have a, a loose working theory that the COVID caused my kidney stones. So you gave me. Two well, I brought that up to Let's you. I said, do you think the COVID did yeah. that? Right. My thing is, it all goes back to Jason Garrett. So let's just blame him. OK, that's that's where I'll go. It started there. I'm placing blame on him because he gave it to me and then I gave it to you. He was the carrier monkey in this situation. <laughs> And look, here's the bottom line. I still don't know whether that kidney stone is with me. I may go get another CAT scan tomorrow to see if it's there. Because if it's still there, I may have to have a conversation with the powers that be about staying home this weekend. Because I don't want round two at 4 a.m. in the hotel in Greenwich, Connecticut. Even though they took great care of me at the Greenwich Hospital, I don't want to have to do that again. If it happens again... I want my wife to have to deal with me and run me over to the hospital locally so they can give me more. <laughs> she might feet run you over, all right, baby. <laughs> Toradol, baby. All right, let's take a break. We mentioned the Vikings. Kirk Cousins was available to reporters yesterday, and he was asked a very important question about a certain clause in his contract that allows him to say no to any and all potential trades that could happen Uh-oh. between now and October 31. We'll discuss that next here on PFT. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food service.